This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, Joe Biden declares the pandemic is over. AOC claims the U.S. has enough resources for all illegal immigrants and the Atlantic blames January 6th on memes. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Monday. I am joined by Blaze TV contributors, both Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle, and a very weird dab there. Yeah, we get excited. We're pumped up. Wait, 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 real quick, because Sarah okay. just said, she said my girlfriend's going to be on the show today. I, I want to say that I was just in Washington, D.C., and mm -hmm. I spoke with Eric Swalwell and made fun of him about his Chinese spy, Fang Fang. I got to hang out with Marjorie Taylor Greene, some might say is my second girlfriend. Uh, I even got to, you know, yell at Dan Crenshaw. But none of it matters! None of it! Without my big booty Latina AOC. So I just want people to know that I'm really going through a tough time that I didn't get to see her and that uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm really sorry about that. I'm, I hope you'll... Uh Maybe you'll see a therapist or something. No, it's, it's I'm not going to okay. see a therapist. My last therapist, my last three therapists committed suicide, so I'm not doing that to another therapist. Anyway, moving right along, uh, now that uh, he's probably already offended a bunch of people, uh, <laughs> we've got Blaze TV contributor and also current serial offender, John Doyle, host of Heck Off Commie. Excuse me? Can you call me a serial offender? Yeah, yeah, you offend people. You offend oh, people. that is true. I thought you were like speaking in reference to AOC. Our relationship is much more wholesome. I mean, you know, there's two sides to every woman. And Alex is maybe more on the, the treacherous side. But AOC and I, we attend mass together. Mm -hmm. We attend confession together. It's a very wholesome relationship that we have. And so, you know, while well, she was uh, not hanging out with him in D.C., maybe she and I went to mass together. We had a nice time together. So, you know, it is what it is. We share the means of production, Alex and I. Yeah, we do. AOC. Well, Content uh, production. over the weekend, moving right along to the news of the day, <laughs> Joe Biden did a 60 Minutes interview with CBS's Scott Pelley. And um, there were several gems that were going to play for you. But uh, one of the questions was about Biden's mental focus. And Joe Biden said, people who doubt his mental capacity should just watch him. I think that's what we're doing. And we're still concerned. Watch. Mr. President. You are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? <laughs> Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Mm. Watch me. <laughs> How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more right. think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. Huh? I mean, it's just not, uh, uh, I haven't well, observed anything in terms of, he's still going. not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. I, 
What was that? I don't even understand what that sentence was. No, and that's heavily edited too. You know what I mean? Like they can they can try to I guess as we say turn s h i t into sugar in the editing process, but they can't even make him sound coherent. Uh, it's pretty bad. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find this. I need to read it. The transcript of what he was trying. I to need say. to read it. What, I'm more old than f what. Then fly? Then a fly, yeah. Well, you've never seen the movie with... Uh, no, was he saying, like, I'm fly, or he's saying, like, a fly? No, I think he's talking about, well, who's <laughs> the guy from Jurassic Park that Why became is it, a fly? How is it possible that we're having this conversation about the President of the United States? I don't... I have no idea what he was trying to say. Because this is the first President of the United States that has Alzheimer's, and now, so this is why this is like this, is that we're not used to having somebody like this. What do you uh, think, John? John. It was funny too because I mean he's like, watch me. It's like that's why we were asking the question. <laughs> like, we weren't just asking. Yeah. Like no one really asked that of Trump. I remember? The, well, there was that one time during his administration where he like you know sipped a, a glass of water with two hands, and so they tried to construct this narrative that he was like becoming uh, mentally senile. And you know Trump. He walked down a ramp kind of slow, and that yeah, was the, literally. Yeah. You know. And you know Trump will answer a question. And he'll answer it like six times the same way, just the way he speaks to be like, look, nobody's more concentrated than I am. We are very focused that much, I will tell you. Like he has, you know, a very sort of repetitive and vague speaking pattern, but you still understand what he's saying. Joe Biden is such that we have to then Google like perhaps what he was alluding to with his answer because he's like quite literally mentally deficient. Yeah. And then it's like, so how, you know, you're how fit are you? Like I'm fit. Don't worry about it. That's 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 all you need to know is I'm saying that I'm fit. So I'm fit. Um, and it got worse from there because uh, Biden was also asked about Americans struggling with inflation and <laughs> high prices. <laughs> and he strangely responded that inflation's uh, just gone up just an inch. <laughs> Watch. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at eight point three percent. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. You're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. That's what we are. We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. I mean, when you've lost the mainstream media like that, when you have lost 60 minutes in the way that Joe Biden has clearly lost them, Mr. President, it is the highest inflation rate in 40 <laughs> years. Like, you're not getting away with this answer. By the way, he, he had notes with him. Joe Biden had a notebook with him. He was carrying notes, which, to put into perspective, is like very weird for a president to do, to carry his notes. And Sarah, you know, he has six people behind that camera that you know are giving him, hey, don't say this, do say this, because this is a heavily edited thing. But this is a, another thing. The interviewer, though, he trolled him with the first question, you know, you know you're know, you the oldest president ever. And he kind of <laughs> laughed at him. That was a very trollish thing, you know. I think he knows that he's the oldest president. Um, but then when he followed it up by asking him, you know, about the inflation and Biden just basically melts down and says, well, it's, you know, month over month, it's, it hasn't really changed that much. That's the problem is that he doesn't even know what's really happening. I think Biden is so disconnected with what's actually happening with reality is that he probably thinks he is doing a good job. Yeah, um, I just got this quote. Uh, he was asked, how would your how would you say your mental focus is? I just want to just repeat what Joe Biden said. OK, I, I'd say it's I think it's I haven't look. 
I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself, my own head, the number of years. I no more think of myself as being old, as old as I am than fly. (laughs) I'm trying to work it out and I can't. And and that's scary, too, because it actually like betrays the true answer of the question, which is that you are not mentally competent. (laughs) He can't even focus for one question. Right, right, right. I just, you know, back to Trump, you know, he just had a certain way of saying things that were funny, just his speaking pattern, but in ways that weren't alarming. Like, remember there was that hurricane and he did that promo talking about there and he was just like, it's one of the wettest that we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. Like, I would much (laughs) prefer something like that than just this guy just trying his best to find his way through a sentence. Okay, I have to ask both of you guys, who is better at publicly speaking, President Biden or Vice President Kamala? <laughs> Biden? That's a hard one. I, I would say Biden, He's too. Be- he pulls it off, because like Kamala, because she's a woman, will like try to gaslight you in a more like subversive, in a indirect way, where she's trying to like make you quit. But Joe Biden's, like it's kind of based the way that he's just like, no, that's just not true. Like He's just straight up just like, what you're saying is wrong, and there's no like sneaky element to it. It's well, kind of funny. I would say Biden because he clearly is suffering from some sort of a you know decline, and she, the fact that we have to have this conversation on who is worse just shows how bad she is. So I feel like at least Joe Biden has that excuse that he is suffering from a mental decline. She, what excuse does she have? She She's a lawyer, and she can't even string one sentence together. Yeah, she just is herself. And Biden's been this way forever, too. I mean, you can find clips of him throughout his entire career uh, with, with his gaffes and just the ridiculous things that he would say. Him saying the N-word multiple times. You guys have seen that, where he says the N-word? I've seen I didn't, Okay, so You guys have never seen him? I have. He's in, he's in Congress talking about yeah, how, yeah. Oh. yeah, he's like repeating how somebody else said it, and he's yeah. like saying it he, multiple times. Okay, well. Everybody needs to look that up. If you have haven't looked that up. Look up Biden saying the N-word. Yeah, Joe Biden, uh, Congressional Gamer Caucus meeting from the 1980s or 1990s saying uh, racial epithets. It's not good. They're not sending their best. And this is the other bad thing about this. I know we're going to play more clips from the 60 Minutes interview, but at the end of it, they talk about Bo and how he died at 46 from brain cancer. They don't talk about the burn pits that Bo was right next to, you know, by all these military bases had burn pits right next to it, and then the rate of cancer is just skyrocketing in the servicemen that were near those, but that's neither here nor there. Did I mention that Alex hosts this show called (laughs) Conspiracy Castle? But look at the burn pits, and Jon Stewart is actually (laughs) doing good stuff on that. But but then, so they talk about the sadness of Bo, and then the way they talk about Hunter Biden on this piece, and I don't know if we have a clip of that. We don't. Yeah, but but it's just very, it's just how they always talk about Hunter Biden. It's just like, oh, he's a good kid that Mm -hmm. had, you know, and they asked Joe about it. He's like, my son, you know, he rebounded from his drug addiction. Like, they have this positive spin about Hunter Biden, which for me, that is the most ingenuine thing. It's like, at least just admit that Hunter Biden's is a bad guy mm-hmm. but they won't even 60 minutes gave hunter biden this kind of like you know near you know near good guy like he's close to being good but he has this horrible drug addiction and he wants to be a good guy and just the way they paint him they can't talk about the elephant in the room that his son's a crackhead with prostitutes taking pictures of it that's what makes me the most mad about this whole entire 60 minutes piece oh oh and by the way compromising the security of you know the uh, entire country yep. while he's at it so uh, I want to play another one for you. Uh, this, to me, is the most enraging one. Uh, Joe Biden talking about COVID. And he says that the pandemic is completely over. Watch. Is the pandemic over? Look at him walking. The pandemic in, is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, Ooh. no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so Except I think you. it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Um, 
So I just want to bring up a couple different things that the Biden administration or their government agencies, the CDC, the FDA, have done recently um, under the guise that we are still in an emergency pandemic. For instance, just at the beginning of this month, they authorized emergency use authorization of the Omicron booster shot now. The justification for that, by the way, remember, eight mice. They've they've studied it in eight mice. No humans, but that's fine. You are actually the guinea pig, and that's fine if you make your choice. That's not true. Eight mice is pretty good. I mean, it's better than six mice. It is eight. It's a whole eight. Uh, And they used the emergency use, uh, use authorization to put that into public, into use, to put that and inject that in your arms. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Biden is saying the pandemic is over. How did they just approve this drug that has not been tested on humans if there is no pandemic? Oh, and by the way, the student loan forgiveness, uh, that was also used as a, there was COVID-19, it was an emergency. That was the pretext for the student loan forgiveness without congressional approval. But um I all of a sudden COVID is over. The pandemic is over. And he's just gone and done all of these things, abused their power, uh, made backdoor deals with big pharma under the guise that we are still in an emergency. And the president of the United States just admits that we're not. Well, it reminds you of the Kanye West song, Grand Opening, Grand Closing. And I think that's just what's going to happen. Of course, you can say the pandemic's over and then just restart it up next week. You know, they can say, oh, the numbers go up. So the idea that there is these pharmaceutical industrial complexes is going to use an emergency to get the emergency use authorization for so they can give people a vaccine that was only tested on eight mice. This is really not a surprise at this point. Mm-hmm. I think this is just standard operating procedure. So I'm, I'm actually not surprised at all. I, I'm just surprised that if people are still willing to play along with the constant vaccination when every single celebrity that's been vaccinated six times has had COVID seven. I shouldn't say that I'm I'm not surprised. I'm just enraged. Mm-hmm. I'm enraged at the, the arrogance that these people in power have to just admit just to your face. Yeah, we just use this as an excuse to abuse all of this power, but we don't really care. We'll just admit that the pandemic's over because midterms are coming up and we really kind of want to get ourselves out of this. Yeah, I'm really proud to still be a pure blood, and I think that everyone who is should just give themselves a big pat on the back because (laughs) if you think about, like, the coordinated propaganda campaign that was constructed to make everybody do this, there's never been anything like it in the history of the world. And if you were able to survive that and go through whatever it was you had to go through, like, that is actually pretty miraculous. And if you've ever wondered, like, what you would have been doing during certain periods of history, you probably would have been doing whatever is, like, the coolest because you resisted the propaganda. All the celebrities, the videos, the the, the masking, the double masking, the, you know, every little, like, gay thing that they did, you were just like, uh-uh, not for me. And maybe even people who weren't intelligent enough to read the studies and be like, oh, this is wrong. People who are just blindly just like, nah, stupid, I'm not like, I love those people. We are united in our blood being pure. Well, and you speak of the pure blood. I'm actually a kamikaze blood because, like, when you get the soda and you do one of every soda, I got Johnson & Johnson, I got Moderna, and I got Pfizer, and I got the Chinese one uh, I ordered online. <laughs> so I have all of them. So that's why I'm protected. Is that That's the other secret. Either you get none or you get one of each. I, I wouldn't recommend. With. I wouldn't recommend taking that. that I will end up he just is like not me. giving medical well, advice. You want to be like me? I was <laughs> with Alex Stein in D.C. when he actually took all of the different vaccines and loaded them into a spoon, which he then used to like like a lighter, and then he used one of Hunter Biden's crack pipes that he purchased that he purchased so from the National I'm Archive. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, <laughs> move right me. along to look. Uh, also over the weekend, Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, good friend of the program, mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out this video inviting. 
I love this so much. This guy is the worst. Tweeting out a video inviting his supporters to jog with him while wearing the same stupid blue button-down shirt, the only one that he owns. He wants you to believe that he's jogging just out for a morning stroll in the stupid shirt. Watch. Hey, we're inviting you to join me for a run bright and early in Corpus Christi. All are welcome. We're looking forward to seeing you out. Hate him so much. Also, he says all are welcome. I don't feel like that's true because the last time I showed up at an event where they said all were welcome, he had security escort me off. He meant to say all are welcome except for Sarah Gonzalez, but he only had <laughs> eight seconds in that video because he could only fake run for eight <laughs> seconds, you know? You Which know, he, you may, you, they may think, like, well, he's sweating. Clearly he's running. No, he just always sweats. Yeah. That does, that's no proof that he was actually out on a morning jog. It'd be kind of funny if he went on that run and his heart rate got a little bit too ambitious and then that thing that's been happening and it just... Uh. Do not wish myocarditis on Bay. I'm not. No. I'm just saying it would be funny. It'd be good content. I'm not saying I want it to happen. Could you but... imagine, though, if he got myocarditis, how epic that would be? That would be hilarious. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, look, we want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supplies. So farmers, even, are urging everyone to stock up on emergency food right now. I, in case you haven't connected the dots there, um, far, that doesn't help farmers to tell you to stock up on emergency food because it's not the farmers who are producing the crops uh, when you buy all of this My Patriot Supply right now, but even they know that the food shortages are coming. My Patriot Supply's three-month food kit can help keep your family from suffering. You're going to get breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. Uh, you will get over 2,000 calories a day for proper energy, and uh, your order is going to ship fast and free in unmarked boxes for your privacy. That is so whenever all this apocalypse happens, your neighbor Neighbors don't know that you're the smart one who prepared and have the emergency food and they won't come to your door expecting you to share. If you act now, you'll save 20% on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. This offer ends soon, so don't sleep on it. You can go to preparewithnews.com. Don't wait until it's too late. Preparewithnews.com. City Mayor Eric Adams was asked by Jake Tapper over the weekend if he agrees that illegal the illegal immigrant issue needs more attention from the Biden administration. Now, remember, this is after Eric Adams has already complained about, uh, you know, this humanitarian crisis. He's complained about the, I don't know, a couple thousand migrants who have showed up at his front door. He's complained that uh, they may not have the resources. He says, no, this issue does not need more attention from the Biden administration. Watch. So you're struggling to process the 2,500 migrants uh, sent to you from Texas. Uh, meanwhile, the El Paso sector of the border sees an average of 1,700 migrants crossing every single day. A record 1.9 million uh, migrants have been apprehended on the southwest border this fiscal year alone. Even if you think what these governors are doing is horrific, it seems like you agree this is a crisis that needs more attention from the Biden administration. No, I believe it's a crisis that needs more coordination for, from our country. I, it's almost like we already have rules on the books that we don't enforce. Like, the, they're called illegal immigrants for a reason. It's because they're here illegally, and maybe we should just, I don't know, enforce those laws. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I love trolling, and I love all the gimmicks, but flying all these people to Martha's Vineyard and flying them to New York... It just seems very counterproductive. We should be flying them back to their home countries. You know, it's that simple. It's like the yeah. plane needs to go. 
the other direction. And this is what makes me so mad, though, is that Eric Adams and these people in Martha's Vineyards, like, they act, like, so concerned. Yet on the border, there's all the time, there's so many deaths. That, you know, it was a tractor trailer full of 65 people, I think, basically killed themselves, you know, got murdered in a, a human oven. Nobody even talks about no, that, they, right? Yeah, Nobody even talks died. about all the deaths, all the young people that are dying. They just talk about, you know, it makes national news when 40 people go to Martha's Vineyard. So it just kind of sucks. So for me, the, the person's like, bring attention to it by keeping, by continuing to send them to these places that don't want them. But at the same time, that is, that's screwed up too. That's not going to, that's not going to make the situation any better. So we're not making the situation better. We're not fixing it. We're just making it worse. And that makes me sick. Did you guys see the uh, the people on Martha's Vineyard whenever they were bussing all of the, those dirty brown people away? And they were like, Te yay, Tayamo, Tayamo. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you could not write a better skit if you were trying to make fun of out-of-touch liberal elitists if you tried. It was just Priceless. Well, the job. best, but then, yeah. then I, sorry, I'm going to keep talking. I want to hear your point. But then, then people were sharing private clips from a Martha's Vineyard Facebook group. Yep. And then they were yeah, like, what? You have an Airbnb. Yeah. You have a back house. Why don't you put it in your back yeah, house? That was the best part of and it. And someone was like, well, I, I just want to, can I just bring clothes? <laughs> yeah, can I, can I just bring them some clothes and call it a day? Like, do, And then they showed up with like fruit, fruit loops and a bunch of processed food that it's like, what do the pores eat? <laughs> yeah. They probably eat Pop-Tarts. Let's give them those. Which, by the way, they were purchasing the generic brand <laughs> yeah, of the, like, sugar <laughs> cereal. It wasn't even, like, you know, Rice Krispies. <laughs> yeah. It was the generic. They're but poor. It would be good enough it, for them. The Kroger brand's good enough for them. Or the, I'm sure yeah. they have this in their home country. <laughs> the worst headline I saw was one of the uh, Martha's Vineyard residents described the experience by saying, they enriched us. Yeah. <laughs> and first of all, that person should be shot. Second of all, it rem it's like when you're a kid and you're like, Mom, I'm bored. And she's like, well, there are kids in Africa playing with tires and sticks and they're happy. It's literally the same thing. Like this really just like stupid idea that like, oh, people in the third world, they actually have better answers to these things than us. And they, <laughs> they can show us how to live. Like you people are all worth upwards of seven, eight figure. You really think that like they're going to show you like, oh, really? Then keep them there. Keep them there, That's but you didn't. Point. And I'm the first one to call out this like right-wing fixation on exposing hypocrisy because the only thing that we do is, oh, liberals are such hypocrites. They say this, but they do this. This is actually, ironically, an example where that is the definitive take because... Mm -hmm. What they're doing is literally saying the rest of the country has to live with these people and deal with it, but they don't. And that is a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not blaming them for wanting these people to, to leave their community. I would want the same thing, frankly. The problem is that we all have to deal with the consequences of that. And the American dream now, in the practical sense, is literally just trying to work hard enough to make enough money to escape the consequences of diversity and of the third world immigration that a lot of people who live on that island have made money by, by forcing on the American people. Uh, I want to throw into the conversation, uh, you know, a woman who is near and dear to both of your hearts, mm -hmm. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm -hmm. She tweeted about this uh, whole Martha's Vineyard scene, and she said, what a lot of Republican politicians fail to understand is that not everyone shares their zero-sum scarcity mindset. Many of us understand that immigrants and refugees are a blessing. They have so much to offer our country, and much of our growth as a nation is because of them. She says that uh, her city has more than enough resources to, quote, help states like Florida. She then tweeted, believe it or not, the United States is the wealthiest nation in the world and we have more than enough to care for everyone. Instead of worshiping billionaires, if you try valuing your neighbors enough to fight for them, then we can all have a better life together because that's worked out so well in the streets of California. And, um, you know, that's that's 
looking really good. Well, it's worked out really well in all of these border towns in Texas that are completely overrun by illegal immigrants. Like, what a dumb thing to say. I, the dumbest part is when she says that they basically have a blank check. Like, you know, yeah, we I need know. to be way more frugal. I mean, people are suffering right now, and she's acting like everybody's just, you know, rolling in the dough. Right now, people are struggling to fill up their gas tanks. And she's like, oh, we're the richest nation. We can afford to pay for all these people. It's insane. And the worst part about it is when they interview the people in Martha's Vineyards, the, all the immigrants, they think, oh, well, it's just an open border. Like, they don't even realize that it's closed. So yeah. The messaging from our top politicians, you'd be like, stop coming. Yes, yes. But they won't even say that. Yes. It's, da it's dangerous. It is it's not compassionate to either the American citizen or to the people who are risking their life to come here. Um, yeah, it's just, it's disgusting. Yeah, you got to be tough. It's tough love, but you need like a fully militarized southern border. And then they will get here and they will be like, oh, we, we can't get in. And they'll go yeah. back. You need to cut off welfare uh, to these people. I think 62% of illegal aliens are receiving some form of welfare from the government. You need to, uh, frankly, reinstate mass deportations. I mean, the, the operative budget for ICE is like $8 billion a year. We sent five times that to Ukraine like a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. You could triple, quadruple their budget. And in five years, if you had a serious country, you could deport probably 20 million people. And we've got upwards of 30 million illegal aliens in this country, which is wrong. And I think the idea, too, like, oh, they have so much to offer. Sure, maybe. But like. American exceptionalism is one of the defining tenets of our ideology, of the right. We believe that America is exceptional. America is the best. We like, I guess we're forgetting that this is the country that virtually invented the modern world. All the best technology, all the best innovation originated in this country. We went to the moon. The only reason Americans aren't doing cool stuff anymore is because since the Civil Rights Act, we have restructured our, our systems to basically prioritize non-Americans to the, the, you know, have the most opportunities, have the biggest leg up, the biggest advantage. And now we went from number one in the world in education to like 30 something. We're not doing anything cool anymore. We've outsourced virtually all of our manufacturing. So this idea that like, oh, you know, this really high IQ Indian guy is going to come here and he can do things Americans can't do. That's not true. Any American can be trained to do that because we are descended from the people who built the best country in the history of the world. And if other people are coming here and they're getting these opportunities, it's because they're being handed to them because we've destroyed meritocracy at the altar of diversity. And it's dumb. Um, I want to add in a couple more things here on the immigration issue. Uh, on Friday, NBC News tweeted out an article that featured a quote from an immigration activist who compared the illegal immigrants that DeSantis sent to Martha's Vineyard to trash. <laughs> they since deleted it. It says, Florida Governor DeSantis sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard is like, quote, me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and just throwing my trash there. This is a founding member of a foundation which helps refugees. That was uh, Max Liefeld, a uh, founding member of the Casa Venezuela Dallas Foundation. Whew, that's awkward. Um, and then one more note here, and then we'll, we'll, I know we need to take a quick break, but there has been a recent Department of Homeland Security intelligence report uh, received by Border Patrol that instructs agents to look for Venezuelan inmates released from prison who are trying to enter the United States. That is because the Venezuelan government uh, is purposely freeing inmates, including some convicted of murder, rape, and extortion. And uh, the intelligence report warns that agents, the warns agents that these freed prisoners have been spotted in these caravans that are traveling towards the U.S.-Mexico border uh, as recently as July. So this is great. Good news, everyone. Hope you enjoy uh, the Biden administration, if you survive. I don't know. We got to take a quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So if you are one of the uh, two out of three guys who are experiencing hair loss before you are 35, don't feel embarrassed. I know. I get it. It's embarrassing. But 
it's not your fault, all right? But you can flip the odds in your favor and save your hair with Keeps. They have the same clinically proven, FDA-approved hair treatments uh, that you can go to your doctors and get, but they're available all online. So maybe you're trying to prevent hair loss. Uh, maybe you're just trying to stimulate some regrowth, which, by the way, Keeps also can do. You can deal with your Keeps physician who will help, uh, they'll help you select the right products and develop a personalized hair saving routine that works for you. You're not going to have to go to the doctor. You're not going to have to go to the waiting room. You can do it all in the comfort and privacy of your own home. And it's generic, so it's going to save you a ton of money. you got to go to keeps.com slash Y for 50% off of your first order. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Y. Last Friday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit ruled on the constitutionality of Texas's HB 20. This is uh, this was deciding for Texas in Net Choice versus Paxton. Now, HB 20 allows residents of Texas to sue companies with at least 50 million monthly users in the U.S. for reinstatement of accounts. So this was a social media uh, big win. For the state of Texas, NetChoice and the Computer and Communications Industry Association lobbying groups that count Facebook, Twitter, and Alphabet's YouTubes as members challenged the law, uh, arguing that the First Amendment protects social media platforms' ability to curate content as it does for newspapers, and the court rejected that argument. Really, really big win for uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton. Uh, very, very proud to have him as our attorney general here in the state of Texas. Uh, the court's opinion read, the platforms are not newspapers. Their censorship is not speech. They're not entitled to pre-enforcement uh, uh, relief. And HB 20 is constitutional because it neither compels nor obstructs the platform's own speech in any way. Ken Paxton later tweeted out, I just secured a massive victory for the Constitution and free speech in federal court. Big tech cannot censor the political voices of any Texan. The Fifth Circuit rejects the idea that corporations have a freewheeling American, uh, freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say. So is it a step in the right direction? Well, you know, I mean, it's not going to be that popular in the conservative world because I want the government out of everything I do. But in certain industries like the medical industry or, the, you know, the social media, you know, tech platforms, I do want the government involved somewhat if it protects the citizens. I mean, I know they're going to mess it up, but the idea yeah, that... But how do you trust the... I know, that's that. the problem. It's like, how do we trust it? You know, it's not going to be a perfect system. But I would like it if there was some sort of Internet Bill of Rights where I could speak freely. But uh, unfortunately, you know, when we talk about the leaks with Facebook, admitting that they're talking to FBI agents, so like they might give us the impression that we have free speech and that the government's going to have our back. But really, at the end of the day, they can just lie to us and, you know, act like they're going to have our back, but then just kick us, kick us off these platforms. So my, my whole point being is I, I don't want the government involved in anything, but in certain issues like this, like these big companies, I kind of do want the government a little involved. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I think that uh, people on the right tend to forget that the whole reason we have government is so we have an agency that can protect me from other people infringing upon my rights. And, you know, you can get into the rigmarole with it, but in a very practical sense, like Twitter, these social networks, these are like the new public square. And this is where people are talking, where the information is being disseminated, and you should be able to just talk. And, you know, also, even if that, like, weren't true, uh, in, a, in a very pragmatic sense, like, we need to be in these public spaces when we try to, like, self-isolate to own them by going off on these obscure, you know, third-party networks where it's like, oh, free speech, and that's just an echo chamber. And it's like, we need to be a part of the mainstream conversation. If we want our ideas to be mainstream, then we have to be in the mainstream conversation. And conservatives just do this thing where it's like, you know, oh, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to run away. Like, we've been running away on every issue for the last century, and we wonder why we're having to, like, 
like defend the biological reality of sex now. So yeah, I'm totally for so it. So what is so what do you think that government's role in handling social media is? Uh, I, quite frank, I, I'm just I'm in shock that curious, both of you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah both of you agree with go- the government interjecting themselves into social media. So well, I'm just curious. So here's a great example because I think a lot of times the right is skeptical of government. Rightfully so, we should be skeptical of government because you know what's to stop the government from then you know coming down on you and infringing your rights? Well. Government, I mean, they don't really have an incentive necessarily to do that. Look at a company like Facebook. You would think that they would have a financial incentive to allow the millions and millions of Trump supporters to use their platform, Twitter to use their platform. But instead, they're perhaps making a decision that is against the best financial interests of their company because they, it simply matters to the people who pull the strings at that company. The same way these media companies are going woke and losing money while they do it, but then doubling down and blaming racist people for why their movies aren't making money. I think we need to be very comfortable with the fact that sometimes people do things, not because it's necessary profitable, necessarily profitable, but because it just matters to them. The same way that maybe some people are motivated by money, other people might be motivated strongly by ideology. And so uh, you can have good people working at these tech companies who are going to allow for people to just do what they will. The same way you can have good people who are occupying different roles in government, who will allow people to do what they will. So I think it's not so much who has, or sorry, that the power exists, but who has the power. And unfortunately, the way that our government works uh, with democracy or whatever, it incentivizes the worst people to be able to climb to the highest positions of power because those are the people who are going to basically uh, you know, milk American people from their money and give it back to the people who installed them into those positions by giving them you know, the billions of dollars needed in order for that to happen, like you know, with George Soros, for example. I, I feel like that was... A non-answer. But I do want to... No, there was a lot said. Well, well, that was I, actually a non-non-answer. That was a perfect answer. I, so I want to, uh, just case in point here with uh, how bad it's gotten with social media, Twitter suspended Daily Caller education reporter Chrissy Clark for sharing a story that we actually discussed on the program last week. It was an article titled, Wisconsin Education Department Promotes Gender Expansive Resources for Three-Year-Olds. Uh, and so the article described the, you know, the Department of Public Instruction promoting transgender video resources and books for three to five-year-olds. We played it for you guys on the program last week. One video showed parents transitioning their daughter into a boy, and the platform Twitter said she violated the Twitter rules, which state that a user may not promote violence, terrorism, or extremism, abuse, or hateful conduct. Their hateful conduct policy says that one cannot promote violence or threaten people on the basis of their physical characteristics or identities, which includes one's gender identity, of course. So she had to delete her tweet in order to regain access to her account. So now, I guess, sharing what they are actually doing is similarly to libs of TikTok is like we're literally just giving them a larger voice than they had previously is now hateful conduct. That's a really interesting point, too, because if we're not even obscuring what they're doing, we are simply shining a light on it, whether it's with this example or like you mentioned with the libs of TikTok. And that example of what they are doing is so egregious to where people would almost feel incited to like be violent. Then the question becomes, is what they're doing normal? Should we accept this? Or is everybody else who is seeing this barbaric content just crazy and they're being manipulated? If, I mean, they're even conceding in these examples that like they're, you know, just posting what it is. They're not adding even their own twist on it. They're literally just posting what it is. And if people are seeing that and they're becoming indignant to the point of like becoming criminal in terms of their reaction to it, then maybe we should have a conversation not about how hateful they are, but actually what's going on that would warrant that type of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all Libs of TikTok does is just really the post 
word for word the content that they see that is crazy, and then they say that that is some sort of you know um, coordinated hate towards LGBTQ people by just posting what these teachers are saying. So it's insane. That's obviously not the case. But I'd like to get your opinion on this, Sarah, because you have kids. I remember it wasn't that long ago the anti-bullying campaign. That was such a big thing. Is that even a thing anymore? Anti-bullying, really. and it's crazy now because now we're in a day and age where you almost can't bully somebody on the internet without getting kicked off. So I guess my point being is maybe we need to bring back bullying a little bit. I mean, just a hundred percent. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's I mean, not a coincidence that like the weird weirdest generation grew softest. up in the time where it's like, no bullying, no bullying. Because now the bullying isn't like masculine anymore. You know, like the sort of like John Hughes high school, just yeah. like getting shoved into lockers. That, I never saw that one time. What you see now is a much more feminine type of bullying, which is like- Passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. There were kids at my school who were still weird, but instead of getting bullied for like, hey, you know, whatever, they people would pretend to be their friends ironically. And they would be like snickering, like, watch this. And they'd go up, hey, you know, what's going on, man? And they couldn't tell because they were weird. And they thought, oh, these people trying to be my friend and it was like the most disgusting thing and you almost would prefer them to just be like why are you bringing like your beach ball to school man that's yeah. weird that's almost yeah. less evil than yeah, yeah. Uh, i would tell you this i know we got to go to break in a second but i would tell you this alex the only thing that i've seen uh as far as you know talk of bullying is that kids have now been taught that bullying is like anytime anyone says something that you don't like or is mean to you i remember when my older son was a little bit younger so still not able to comprehend what bullying was he would be like oh, so-and-so was bullying me. And I'm like, well, what did he do? And he's like, he told me my pants were too long or something <laughs> yeah. that it's like, that's not bullying. Like, yeah. let's save the word bullying for very, very egregious actions because yeah. kids are going to be kids and like, that's not a huge deal. Grow up and get over it. Kobe Hubbard. I will name you in first <laughs> okay, grade. Okay, now that name. Oh, no. no, we don't need to talk oh, about no. bring up Kobe. I'm doing a video about him then. Fine, I don't care. This kid in first grade, really he came to school and was like, <laughs> I'm sick. And I'm like, well, obviously you're not because if you were you're sick, you wouldn't be at school. Boom, owned. And then he like got up and told the teacher, Johnny said I wasn't sick. That was like what radicalized me on like tyranny. I was like, this that is, is what radicalized is you? This is insane. Yeah, it was. It was God, not if that good. kid just would have been sick, none of us, I wouldn't have to deal with John every day. Really. Well, so well let's say, if that Nazi. parent, if that parent would have just left, kept their kids at home, don't bring your sick kids to school because then yeah, that, it turns the into super villains like John. Stop, that was my villain origin. Story. <laughs> we have to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> they better not bleep that name. That's literally Orwellian. An ad from New York Presbyterian Hospital about child myocarditis has been floating around Twitter for the last couple of days. It is a uh, very uh, enraging and both um, maddening and very, very sad as well. Watch. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. So I saw this from a doctor who tweeted it out and said, first child myocarditis ad I've ever seen. Hmm, coincidental, quite coincidental that now all of a sudden the medical community is trying to normalize myocarditis. I can't imagine why. Well, the doctors saved her life, so thank God to those great doctors that saved her life. And that's the other thing, you know, myocarditis doesn't, the only way to heal it is to give it time. It basically heals on its own, so 
I mean, it's just kind of funny how the doctor. Which is, I'm which is it's weird because <laughs> Dr. Peter McCullough, who sat right there in the chair that you're sitting in and discussed this with me, says, no, it's heart damage and you don't just get that back and it's not just a casual thing. Well, of course not because, you know, you're going to have calcifying and it's going to calcify itself from getting bigger and smaller. But I just liked how the commercial like, oh, well, these doctors hooked me up to these machines and they saved my life. It's like, were those the doctors that gave you the experimental right. uh, medicine that they tested on four rats? Uh, you know, right. I mean, so right. Right. it's just that that. That is very, you're talking about Orwellian. That commercial is about as Orwellian as it gets. Like, we have myocarditis in these kids, and here's a commercial on how to fix it and not talking about what's causing it. I mean, don't, do you guys remember whenever we first started hearing reports of myocarditis in young boys and uh, young people and the whole argument was like, no, 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 we don't need to, it's, it's very rare, don't worry about it, it's super duper rare as a side effect, but don't worry about it. And now they're making ads trying to like tell people what it is. Yeah, also, I don't know when the last time you guys have been in a hospital is, but they're very just disturbing, just dark places. I mean, there's yeah. nothing about a hospital that conveys health. I mean, yeah. everything from the lighting, this very like just vicious, unnatural lighting, the food that they serve, the attitudes of a lot of the employees who are dealing with the patients on a more day-to-day -day basis. It's like if, if you were sick, you would not want to send somebody there. And also, they don't even like treat the, the causes. They treat the symptoms. Mm -hmm. and They cut the check engine light. Instead of fixing yeah. the engine, they literally just cut the light that tells you what's wrong with the engine. Yeah. But but I just had to interject because when you talk about the, and, and Sarah, you know, she likes, she likes to say how I say this, the negative vibrational energy the low vibrational energy when you walk into a hospital. If you go in there and you plan to be fixed, I wouldn't trust a doctor. I think it's mm -hmm. I think medical mal malpractice is the third leading cause of death. So I don't trust these doctors as far as I can throw them. So you're, I'm just saying you're exactly right. The vibes, when you walk into a hospital, it's just, it should be this kind of happy place. People are living, but it's really it's people are dying and just these pharmaceutical companies are just billing us out the ASS and people aren't getting better. They're dying even faster now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been at the point where a while where if a doctor has been uh, called a quack from the medical industry, I'm doctor. like, that's the doctor I want. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly actually my favorite lesson <laughs> and thing to say from the last few years is like doctors are like low key not that smart. They're like, not. They're not. You just like memorize yeah. information that was paid for by Big Pharma. Like, I mean, I just want to. Some I'm, doctors are, are smart. I'm yes. If there are doctors watching this program, I'm sure that you are actually smart. But your point is, it, True. it is. If you it agree is with me, easier. then you are smart. Well, the, but this is this is the difference though too. My dad had heart surgery. It isn't that hard to get the license. They have mugs too that they were selling that said. Uh, Please don't confuse your medical degree with my Google search. Right, yeah. So then I had merch uh, last fall that said, "Please don't confuse your medical or, or your Google search." Wait, no, no. Oh my god. I was correct. I don't care about the merch. I just want. I just want to say. The I point being, if you Google something, you are smarter than the top doctors in the country, unless they are subscribed to BlazeTV.com promo code <laughs> news. Yes. Well, I just want to make this point. There are some great doctors. Like my dad had quadruple bypass surgery. They had yeah. to cut him open. And some, there's some brilliant surgeons that can do some brilliant stuff. I don't want to say that all doctors, but the majority of your general practitioner, they can't even, they, they have limits to what they can prescribe. They're basically asking permission to even prescribe you and they'll give you an antidepressant without knowing two things about you. But if you say your ankle hurts and you want pain medication, they can't even give you something to heal the pain. So these doctors aren't even here to help you. Mm -hmm. They're really just, you know, order followers that are trying to pay off their huge college debt. Yeah, that is true. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Oh, I had something God, funny to say. I'm going to bring it back up. You think okay. I won't? Call back.
John has a point he's dying to say. Uh, John Doyle, PhD here to tell you, they've actually found that creatine, like the workout supplement, mm -hmm. literally outperforms SSRIs in terms of reducing symptoms mm -hmm. of depression. It's not real, get some sun, get some exercise, take some magnesium, you'll be fine. Yeah, um, I, I, I like that a lot. Or you could be uh, like me and just snort your Prozac, and that's what I do, and that's how I feel so All right, last story of the day. <laughs> On Saturday, The Atlantic published an article titled How Memes Led to an Insurrection. And uh, part of the article reads, it was a meme war that spilled into the streets of Washington, D.C. that day in January 2021. Meme wars are culture wars that have been accelerated and intensified by the infrastructure and incentives of the Internet, which trades outrage and extremity as currency, rewards speed and scale, and flattens the experience of the world, eliminating patience, kindness, and understanding. And they are also launched online by people with an agenda. So... Now you know uh, memes led to that fateful day on January 6th. A picture says a thousand words, a meme says a million words. I think the left's just mad because they can't meme. I think that that's like the most pretentious thing I've ever heard in my life. Someone wrote that because they spend too much time on their phone and then they're like, I'm gonna make this like super philosophical because they're trying to get laid at like a cocktail party in Fairfax. <laughs> Memes are really, I think they're no, really I don't ironically though, agree with it, but yeah. it's funnier to bully them. Uh, what did we talk no about? Bullying. bullying. Oh, no, no, wait. He said, he said he wants to bring bullying yeah, yeah. back. Sarah. So, all right. all right. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Alex Stein, John Doyle. Uh, make sure to subscribe to both of these gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.